0: companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, keeper, Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we've recently just killed the professor. More on that later. Uh, at the top of the show, I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. We thank you very much for all of your support of the show. If you'd like to join in and potentially have a hand in saving and or killing another. No, I'm kidding. We wouldn't let you kill anybody, but we might let you have some fun with them. Toy with them like a cat toy. Uh, If you'd like to do that, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, Now, we will get to introductions before we get back to a very dirty platform the professor is currently laying on. So to my right. Hi there, this is Mike and I play James Robert
1: Fraser, who is uh, just hanging up a pair of pressed trousers in uh, his wardrobe in his compartment on the Orient Express, when he hears what sounds a little suspiciously like the crack of a pistol
0: outside. Mm, Not once, but twice. And to Mr. Fraser's right.
2: Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I'm sure everything is fine.
0: Certainly. So There's nothing amiss at all. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon
3: Griffith, and he's sure he didn't hear anything, rolls over, and goes back
0: to sleep. We'll see about that. Uh, To Mr. Griffiths, right?
4: Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. When will this damn train get underway?
0: There's something uh, underneath the train, it seems, I've got to clear. Last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And, uh, well, shot in the back, I guess... He's lost a shirt, maybe a
5: a jacket. I mean, it could have been worse. Shot in the arse, he would have been uh, down another pair of trousers. That's
0: true, and you've just gotten a new outfit. So as we raise the curtain, I would like Martin to roll me one D6 and add one to that amount. All right, let me find... I'm not sure I have a lucky D6, but let's see if I can find one. Oh, the clear dice rolled a four. Fantastic. You may add five hit points to your character. You are still unconscious, though. Thank you very much. Well, don't thank me yet. So, after a couple of pistol cracks, which you clearly pick out, Mr. Fraser, uh, you begin to suddenly hear a strange buildup of noise in the hallways here, and you hear a woman scream, and then another one. I think given the general feeling
1: of suspicion and paranoia, which is probably accompanying all of us at the moment... Uh, Fraser is going to uh, go out into the corridor and look out through the the nearest train door or train window uh, to see if he can see what is occurring.
0: Well, uh, what you see is somewhat dependent upon your spot-hidden roll. Right. Well, let's see. That is a normal success. 61 under 86. There's a porter who's kneeling down near a form on the platform the big thing to keep in mind in this scene is that the platform doesn't have a complete daylight by any means there's enough ambient light here and lights nearby where the orient express is taking off that you can easily get a vision of what they're looking at but no true complete definition there is a body on the ground and they are seeming to to inspect and to try to examine that body and with your spot hidden, you can tell from this distance that that is a very familiar-looking jacket. Oh, no.
1: And I think I will go to probably to Simon's cabin and uh, knock on the door in uh, something somewhat urgent fashion. Simon! Just five more minutes. minutes. Simon, wake up, wake up. Something's happened to the professor. I think he's been shot.
3: Put your trousers on and come, come with me. All right, all right, I'm coming. I, I put... Simon pulls on his trousers and his suspenders.
0: All right, you yank your britches on, as you might say, and uh, head out, shirt, you know, and, and enough to cover you to, to get out the door. I'm, I'm not waiting for him to come out the door. I'm, I'm heading down onto the platform as, as
1: soon as I've heard that he's getting up. Excuse me, excuse me! Push my way through.
0: You push your way and uh, through and out of the doors to go back onto the platform, um, and you can see the porter is trying to through now a growing pool of blood, trying to ascertain, he's looked up and looked back to the train, and you can see him beginning to call for a doctor or help. Yeah, and actually,
1: in fact, just just kind of retroactively, I think, bearing in mind we've we've got Paul with us, um, I, I think Fraser would have actually banged on Paul's door as well before he went out. Yeah, I could
0: see you uh, you doing that, knowing that he was lying in a heap, um, just shout to him, Paul, Paul, something's happened to the professor. What? This guy, I think he's been shot oh god you hear Paul begin to scramble around inside of his room uh you hit the platform Fraser uh sort of making you make a way you make a path to get to Professor Courtney and he's definitely been shot
1: um yeah so um I'll I'll push my way through make way make way I I I think I know the man I think I know They, they let you through and uh I'll feel for a pulse um See if I can tell if he's alive or not. First aid, please. Okie dokie. First aid is not Mister Fraser's speciality, but he has a he has a little he has a little understanding of uh,
0: bodily functions. Oh, and that's uh, a hard success. Sixteen under fifty. Fantastic, Simon. You arrive on scene as Mister Fraser is looking him over. You, you know, two things are true right now. His life hangs in the balance. That is one. And the other is he has to get medical attention immediately because he's going to bleed out.
1: Uh, More medical attention than I would be able to perform with the the first aid.
0: Yes. um, Without necessary tools, really, all you're trying to do basically is is staunch the bleeding and put pressure on the gunshot wounds. Um, So your your hands are now covered with the professor's blood. Simon, you arrive. And then soon after that, Paul with uh, his bag. Paul, Paul, quickly. Uh, Simon would have been
3: helping Fraser trying to at least stabilize the professor while we were waiting for Paul.
0: Yeah. The two of you, uh, help staunch those wounds. He's been shot twice, once in the front and once in the back. It looks like he's lying in basically a pool of his own blood. When you arrive, Paul steps in beside you and very sort of orderly takes and opens up that leather case and begins pulling out, you know, uh, items, um, gauze, obviously certain things to help staunch the bleeding itself, and he says, okay, back up back, give me give me room for a minute I need a basin of water someone go and get me some water I'll, I'll go right away, Simon, see if you can see who did this, where they are, um, and I will
1: run and try and find some, um, someone presumably the train uh, is gonna be oh, yeah. the, the easiest place to find someone, I'll try and, try and find um, one of the porters on the train and say, water, quick
0: Paul, do you need me here? No, go. I'm fine. Um, They supply you very quickly with a basin of water and towels. You hear Paul say something to one of the porters in French. Uh, It's very quick. Can I make out what uh, I have? a have a little French. Can I make out what it is you
3: say? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and roll French. Simon will try and do the same. Nah, not a clue. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, I fumbled that one.
0: Yeah, so neither one of you are terribly sure. And Simon, you're not terribly sure it was French either. It could have been something else.
1: So I think once I've, once, uh, I've got someone to take hot water down, I know that Paul's looking to him. I am going to go and see if I can uh, rouse her ladyship because I think this is important enough to be woken up for.
0: So this is probably true for most of you, actually. You probably hadn't had the time to actually get to sleep yet. You've been you slept most of the day. And so that's going to be sort of the trouble here is... Like, you might be relaxing in your compartment, Lady Elizabeth, but you probably haven't had a chance to actually fall asleep yet. You're probably waiting for the train to get going.
2: Yes, definitely. I wasn't planning on sleeping anyway. I was looking through my books. Haven't had time to read, really, recently. And I'm about to get interrupted again.
1: Indeed. I wonder if maybe you might have even heard the the commotion even before I get to the door. Probably the same for Maggie. Probably,
0: yeah. Well, Maggie's in a different state. She's... In pain, enjoyably in pain, I suppose. But she's also concentrated on, unlikely on something else. Um, yeah, so the first, first roll knock on is uh, her ladyships.
2: Yes, who is it?
1: It's it's Fraser, your, your ladyship. I, I think you should come. Something Something's happened. It's the professor. He's been shot. Oh, good Lord. Not again. It's not looking good, your ladyship. Uh, Paul's attending to him right now. I, I'm just going to go and wake Miss Bellinger or, or she if... Uh, I'm um, sorry. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to
2: go, Mister Fraser. I can take care of myself. Thank you.
1: And I will go and knock on Maggie's door.
0: Okay, Maggie. There's a knock on your door. Yes. What is it?
1: Uh, Miss Bellinger. It's it's Mister Fraser. Um, I, I think you should come quickly. Um, uh, something's happened to the professor. He's been shot. Uh, he's he's on the platform now. He's in a bad way.
4: Oh, I'll, I'll be right there. Maggie jumps up and throws open the door.
0: Okay. Uh, you head out back to the, the platform, um, Simon. Were you going to try to do a, a little bit of tracking to see where someone had gone? Yes, I would love to. Let's handle that before we get to the the professor scene officially. Twenty six under thirty. Okay. So you track this assailant you believe down the north side of the platform uh, through some of the dirt and rock here that exists as the train grade sort of changes. Uh, You get to eventually a point where it interdicts the road itself. So it gets kind of curves back towards the city streets. And that's about when you lose them because you effectively join a common street. You don't see anybody out here. It's also the middle of the night. They could have gone back into town. They could be taking that road deeper into the countryside Uh, So you'd have some choices there you'd have to make before you could really sort of get to the next portion. Could I make a listen roll to see if I can hear people which
3: direction? Certainly go right ahead. And that's a fail. Uh, 64 over
0: 45. Yeah, it's dead quiet. Other than the train sort of sitting in the station a little bit behind you. There are maybe some creatures lurking around at night. Birds, probably. Maybe small animals, mice, etc. But you don't hear any, um, hard clapping footsteps or footfalls running away. Nothing like that.
3: Okay. One last question then to wrap it up. Um, with the tracking, was I able to see any f- shoe prints or anything like that? Something that could tell me if it was a men's shoe or anything like that?
0: Yeah. You were able to see that there is definitely a footprint here in the mud that's made exceedingly recently. And it's definitely a man's shoe size. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so back at the platform, the first of what looks like two police officers are arriving from just the, the local city center. They're talking with the porters and they appear to be talking as Lady Elizabeth as you and Mr. Fraser begin to arrive on scene. Also, you, Miss Bellinger, uh, you can see that Paul is talking to them at the same time he's trying to do his work.
4: And Maggie would certainly rush over to wherever Richard is with Paul.
2: And I would go up as quickly as I can with my cane and offer to help Paul because I do have some first aid training Mm -hmm. with my health issues and everything. So since he has to also talk to the police at the same time, offer to help him out. Uh, Let me help Paul.
0: Oh, uh, certainly if you'd like, lady, he's... Mr. Fraser was nice enough to get him stabilized for the moment. We need to move him somewhere where I can actually operate on him. And I'm trying to tell the authorities, he turns back around, that I need him somewhere stable and that they don't have time to sit and poke and investigate him. The man's life is in danger. And you can see Paul's actually almost red-faced about not being listened to.
2: And they're speaking in French, right?
0: Well, they're not speaking in French, no. They are speaking in, I believe it's Serbian um, and Paul is trying to speak to them in English and Italian. He's 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 saying a few other things. The the porters from the Orient Express are helping as best they can, but it seems like what the police want to do is lock this area down and not let the train leave, not let anyone leave. So there's a bit of a um a kerfuffle.
2: So if there's an, a porter to help with. Translating. I'll, I'll try speaking French. If that doesn't work, I'll have a ask a porter to to help. And I'll just pull myself up to my imperious sort of <laughs> full five foot three and tell them this man is in danger. We need to save him. We cannot do so on this platform. Whatever you need to do can be done after we make sure he doesn't bleed out in front of the train.
0: Hmm. Okay, you can go ahead and give me a Persuade roll.
2: Persuade is 60. And that is a 43. Okay.
0: Yeah, they seem to zero in on you after you pick your voice up and begin sort of wielding it like a social hammer. A conductor from the Orient Express comes out and begins talking with the officers, uh, and they seem to be speaking the same language. Um, so he very carefully explains some things to them, and in french you hear paul say to the conductor this man is a passenger on the train he must be allowed leave so that way we can continue on with our travels it is a matter of life and death and then he points to paul he points to the professor and says his life there is not a hospital here well enough that i can operate in immediately and so the conductor sort of goes back again to these police officers. And they have another back and forth. But it doesn't look like they're going to let the train leave. The uh, conductor turns to you, Lady Elizabeth, and says... They want to keep the train here for the uh, investigation to take statements.
2: Was anyone around to see this?
0: There was uh, one of our porters here at the end of the line did see something. are going to take his statement.
2: The only person other. Then your reporter who saw this is currently unable to speak. And if we are kept here, he will not be able to speak. So...
0: Milady, I understand the situation. You must understand that my title is conductor and your title is lady. Do not overcome the police.
2: Oh, I understand perfectly. It's just ridiculous.
0: You have no argument from me. He straightens his jacket again and then turns back to the the police and again begin sort of making his case.
2: And while they're doing that, I'm going to tap Simon on the knee with my cane. Uh, Mr. Griffith, help Paul take the professor onto the train, please.
3: Of course. Your ladyship. Um, Paul, do, do we have the necessary means for a stretcher?
0: Mm, I think I have a strong enough back. If you can help support the, uh, upper portion of his body
2: just take him now take him now mr griffith
0: miss bellinger paul looks at at you maggie yes paul would you be so happy as to help me create a scene
2: oh of of course
4: paul yes i'd be happy to do that
0: thank you with uh those two gentlemen over there he sort of nods at the police officers here mm-hmm. we're going to try to um <clears throat> deal with the professor
4: I feel like Maggie's scene is, because she's already distressed, is to become more outlandishly distressed. There's wailing. There will be a fainting spell. People will be rushing over to help her. She just can't, can't, she can't bear. And her legs are, legs are crumpling under her as she's fainting. Oh, good lord, look, think of the blood. Look at the blood. Oh, Richard.
0: it would be great. All right, so (laughs) I think that's a persuade roll.
4: All right, we'll see how this goes. A 19 under 20.
0: Interesting. So while Lady Elizabeth sort of assists in playing with the communications and sort of giving the cops the death stare of, you better let my train go because I have places to go and people to see. Simon, you and Paul are going to lift the professor and sneak a dying body onto the train, which I think is fantastic. Uh, Is
3: there a way I can do it gently with my
0: strength? Oh, certainly. Really, all it is is just you saying, I'm going to do X. And you're you're perfectly physically capable of being, you know, you don't have to be brutish with his body by any means. Fair enough. So give me a strength roll. And then I would say for you, Mr. Fraser, um, you see before what happens is about to happen. You see what they're planning. Fraser's just dumbfounded
1: by the conception of taking a a man who's clearly on the point of death, trying to manhandle him. Onto a train when the police are milling about, and
3: then thinking that the train is going to leave the station without him being found. Um, that was an eighty-eight. So Simon's going to push the roll. Hmm. How would you like to push it? Uh, I'm I'm going to kneel down, Paul. I I need some help getting him into the proper position so he doesn't open the any wounds. Well, the wounds haven't closed yet, Simon. I'm still trying. They're staunched, aren't they? And for the moment, yes.
0: I- I'm trying to do what I can. All right, well, live, live, with your, um, live with your knees, not your back.
3: And that's a 21 under 80.
0: So you uh, you don't, you know, crack his skull on the pavement or on the d- doors. There's no bludgeoning of the professor as you move him inside the car. I'm going to make a spot hidden roll to see if the authorities notice what's happening. Can I make a spot
1: hidden roll to see if I notice the authorities noticing what's happened?
0: Well, let me resolve whether or not the, uh, the authorities see it.
2: Do all the histrionics and, and everything give them a penalty?
0: Certainly. There's a woman fainting on the platform. Uh, and so as chivalrous as these police officers would like to be in this moment, uh, so she faints on the platform and, of course, one of them immediately rushes over. Oh, my God, what has happened? All right, Fraser, if you would like to make a spot hidden to see if they've noticed anything. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's a hard success. 42. Well, no, it doesn't appear so. In fact, because of the two porters, the conductor, Lady Elizabeth and Miss Bellinger, there's an effective sort of shield wall now between the police officers and the body. How many police officers are there? Just two at the moment. And one of them is
1: currently paying a bit more attention to Maggie. Oh, quite a bit, yes. I'm, I'm going to go up to the other one, um, and then and, and say to him, I, "Officer, officer, I I think I I think I saw someone running out of the station that way." And just point over to the exit of the station. All right, fair enough.
2: And I'm adding to that with, "Don't you think you should be going after who did this instead of standing around looking at everyone? Isn't your job to catch criminals?" well the criminal all seems to be getting away
0: make a persuade wall if you will for me uh Mr Fraser oh, that's uh yeah that's an abundant failure 76 over 10 right he looks at you a little strange and looks at the and looks at Lady Elizabeth and he tries to start like looking around the line of people suddenly that's been set up what's going on here
1: no that 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 way uh, that way over there I'm, I'm I'm good to actually physically try and kind of shiftish, like, not not um, manhandling him, but just sort of turning his shoulders in, in order to try and say, no, look over there, man, over that way. I, I don't even care if he looks that way or not, as long as I've got his attention and
0: not the others. You've accomplished that for certain. So you have accomplished the, uh, the position that, you know, he needs to look that way. And you've also accomplished being a completely physical block from getting him to, to a sight line to what's going on.
2: What's going on here is you are not going after the criminal who shot that poor man. You're standing around in here, which I don't think seems to be a very good use of your time.
0: The police officer looks at you and he furrows his brow. I don't work for you, he says in plain English.
2: I never said you did, but it seems to me that the best interest of the public you're supposed to serve is stopping murderers.
0: How about I write you up for agitating the police? He pulls out a book.
2: Well, there's a first time for everything.
0: He starts scribbling in his book. Simon, you and Paul get... You and you and Paul get the professor's body inside one of you get him inside Paul's compartment where he pulls out the table and then lays the professor's body on it. When he lays the professor's body on it, you hear a almost a a physical breath come out of Professor Courtney. Uh, Martin, the professor wakes up at the hit points he, he has been given. At the beginning of the session, having successfully used his pulp investigator ability to stay alive, um, you are in a mass of pain, and you can feel many hands on your body. It's rather disorienting and somewhat concerning
5: uh, um, what what
0: happened i did did, did the valve explode
5: oh, somebody did did somebody have a gun?
3: you've yes, been th- shot just stay still okay shot i've been shot twice simon's gonna grab the basin in the room for you know washing up and fills it with water
0: i'm assuming he he has to run down to the bathroom to do that and come back probably yes you know that there was a basin of water that was brought out but you had to pick the body up so it's, it's sitting outside the the train right now um, as you get ready to go he says um see about um see, see about going to the saloon car and getting me exceedingly strong alcohol.
3: Of course, Paul. You might want to lock the door behind me. Absolutely. He locks the door
0: as you leave. Um, So, what I'd like from um, the investigators outside is um, I think I'd like a group luck roll between those three people.
2: Oh, God. Maggie.
4: I'm at 42, so I'm doing pretty good. As Maggie's started wailing our child our poor child what will I tell them they will grow up without a father
2: so Spike is that you with the luck roll because I have 67 so it's definitely not me
1: no it's 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 Maggie Ballinger I rolled a
2: 98
1: (laughs) oh dear God! it
0: fumbled the (laughs) luck we're not leaving this city tonight so the police officers as you try to all of you try to sort of scrape this under the rug or deflect things to try to get the train moving. The um, the lead officer here who's been talking with uh, the conductor tells the conductor, you hear him say, this train's not leaving the station. That's an order. Everyone back inside. And he points at the conductor with a sort of a stubby, thick finger and says, you are not to leave. And then the police officer sort of steps back and uh, it seems like he's going for assistance. He tells the the other officer that was helping Miss Bellinger and through her conniption fit or whatever she was having, her her waves of, of wailing and just gnashing of teeth, uh, he tells him to stay here and that they will be back with more. I'm going to um, jump onto the train and see if I can find where they've taken Richard to. Um, you jump onto the train and begin investigating where they might have brought Richard to, and you see Simon sort of slowly walking down one of the hallways with a basin of water towards uh where you think Paul stays at
3: Simon Simon do you know where they are? they're in Paul's room I've got a basin of water you can help out if you can run to the saloon car and grab a really strong bottle of alcohol probably vodka or something along those lines I have not gotten it yet and I don't have my wallet on me
1: right um they're not letting the train leave the station Uh, can you let the? Uh, can you let Paul know that? Uh, there's a very good chance they'll 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 come looking. Of course. Um. Well. Yep. We get we're on this. And I will turn on my heel and go to the saloon car. And uh, I mean, I've got I've got a fairly good idea why he wants spirits. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, you you've seen it and seen it used in the war, <laughs> and even probably before that.
1: Antiseptic and anesthetic.
0: That's right. <laughs> uh, Simon will knock on the door for Paul.
3: Mm, you get unlocked and let in. Paul. They're, they're stopping the train from leaving. They're going to be looking for the professor soon. We can keep this locked. I'm not sure if we can put a quarantine or something on here, saying sick individual.
0: It won't matter. The authorities don't care about that. They want to question Professor Courtney. Well, where can we put him that they won't find him? He reaches into... Because, Richard, you're probably still a little physically out of it after having been shot. He reaches into the professor's jacket pocket and removes the... Um, The glasses, and he turns to you, Simon, and says, "In case the professor searched, hang hang on to these." Uh, uh, give me a few minutes, and I will go ahead and sequester them. Very well, Uh, Fraser. Getting alcohol from the saloon car is pretty simple. Yeah, just go up and say, "Excuse me, could I buy some alcohol, please?" (laughs) And they'll hand me some, and I'll give them some money. (laughs) Yes, it's a pretty tidy transaction altogether. You come back to Paul's compartment and. he is going to make a medicine roll. I think I think what I, would, I want to do is
1: I want to just sort of drop it off quickly, get a very, very quick assessment of, of the situation and then head back to Maggie and Lady Elizabeth on the platform.
0: One thing is very positive. When you drop off the alcohol, you see that the professor is breathing and conscious. Okay, good. That is good. All right. Let's see what Paul can get done. All right, that's a successful medicine roll. So over the next hour, professor, you will earn three more hit points from Paul's steady work, you lose one bullet because one of them went through and through, and you get patched up, and you are probably physically still exhausted from blood loss, but you are not unconscious. Over that hour, a couple of things happen. The train station is covered in police officers probably within about 15 minutes, uh, of them having to go get them. There are eight. Uh, they do a cursory check of everyone on board, at least visually. They check passports, uh, and it's around about that time, Mister Fraser, that you and I need to make a roll. So, what is Mister Fraser's credit rating?
1: Um, it's. Not particularly great because he's not a wealthy man, although he works for a wealthy family. Um, he has a credit rating of 31.
0: So the way this will work is I'm going to roll against your credit rating. If I roll against it and successfully roll under it, one of them will have noticed your name and or your picture, which is inside your passport, which of course has been recently in papers in Italy. And I have rolled an 87. You get checked, uh, not even as closely as you were at the Italian border. Uh, he looks at your passport. He looks at you, flips it closed after about 15 seconds and says, carry on. Thank you. They come in professor to Paul's room. All of you within that hour would be informed by Paul or Simon or someone that the professor is alive and that he is breathing and that paul is currently working to get a bullet out of him the police are going to question you professor as to what you saw and heard so what i would like to know is what are you going to tell them about what happened on the platform and your your medical physician will be present in the room when you talk
5: so richard will again as 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 he does he's not going to lie but he may phrase things in a slightly unconventional way here maybe obscure things so he's yeah he's not lying not in his mind anyway so uh richard also um i, I was uh talking to the uh, mechanics and i understand they were replacing a broken valve uh, something that uh, had occurred and uh, oh dear i'm i'm exhausted and the uh, uh fireman had apparently no knowledge of, of why this thing blew and uh I turned around and there was a man um who shot me, didn't I, I don't know why he shot me. And I, I went to get help, turned around and I don't know whether it was a valve hit me or I got shot or hmm. and then I went down. There's really
0: nothing more to say they didn't say anything to you beforehand they didn't say why they just came, walked up didn't shot you
5: they they walked up to me and they shot me yes, yes they, they did shoot me mm. that is
0: for sure I'm lucky to be alive I'm told Paul nods, it's true it's true, he's very lucky to be alive uh, I didn't see him get shot I was one of the first on the scene and um, there was no one around, he sort of puts his hand out wide must have just run off Perhaps it was an attempted robbery. Well, I've never seen this person before. Of that I can be sure. Very well. They write the statement down. Um, you can tell they seem a little concerned. Maybe they don't maybe they don't believe you're telling the whole story. So if you're going to attempt to omit facts which you know you know, I'm going to want to persuade Roll, Professor. The lucky green dice roll of
5: 45 under 61. uh, 58, sorry, that's not quite right, but yeah, it's a regular success in any case.
0: They seem to, after a moment, just make sure they have all the facts. They check your passport, of course, and Paul's. They ensure that you're not carrying anything illicit. They do a cursory examination of what they believe is your room. Of course, it's not. It's Paul's. Um, When they search through Paul's stuff, however... Oh, no, he's going to get
5: done for drug smuggling.
0: Uh, They investigate his bag very closely. And they sort of begin to take some things out of his bag. And you see tiny vials, four or five of them, that have a very strange white powder in them. And so um, Paul, you know, looks around and looks out the window of the train and looks around a little bit and they sort of, Place these things in front of him and ask you know, him to ex- explain yourself. What are these? He says, "Well, it's it's a medicinal, of, of course. I'm a I'm I'm a doctor, and um, they are required for some of my patients. Some of which some of whom are on board right now. So um, you know, they, there's all sorts of different uh, medicines and tonics. You understand? Um, my patient here has uh, recently discovered a, a need for one of my tonics, and some of these ingredients require. Uh, you know, careful but uh, constrained use under a under a, a doctor's uh, careful eye. He seems to try to get a little bit magnanimous. Now the question is, do the cops believe Paul? The uh, police officers counter and say, do you have some identification that shows you a doctor? And so Paul's head sort of swims a little bit left and right and he says, well, I... I don't have my uh, doctorate certificate, if that's what you're asking. It's, of course, on the wall. Right, Professor? Uh, Yes, quite. I I, I have
5: um, identification, if you you want some.
0: The authorities sort of get close to Paul, and they say something to him. It's very difficult for you to make it out. Make it out, Richard. Can he listen hard? You can listen hard, if you'd like
5: to know. Richard's not very perceptive with those sorts of things, but... uh see what we can do no no that's just a regular success
0: they collect some of the vials that are on the table here which is sort of your your hospital table at the moment and they shove them back in the bag and then they shove the bag into paul's chest and he's pushed back against the wall and they say something that seems a little nasty to him and then walk out um but what was that all about what, what did they say they don't appreciate the finer arts of, um, well, Parisian magazines. Well, oh, right. You know, uh, it's it's different here than it is in, in Paris. Um, people see things differently. They act differently. They just haven't come around yet. Right. But um, rest up. He pats you on the shoulder. So about an hour past when it was supposed to leave station, the Orient Express turns back to life and begins moving down the track after the nastiness that happened outside, after the hour additionally that the saloon car decided to stay open because, of course, it couldn't just shut while people were waiting for the train to go anywhere. Just past 2 a.m., you leave Ljubljana and you head to the next station, which is Zagreb. So I think we are probably
1: intending on staying on the train until Belgrade because we know we have some investigation to do in Belgrade. I don't know whether there is um, anything that we want to do in Zagreb. I don't know if there's any kind of um, clues or anything that would lead us to Zagreb. I don't believe so. That's not really for me to say, but I'm sure your other companions know.
5: I, I don't recall anything in... Uh, oh, where was it? Zagreb? I think... uh
0: No. No.
4: I don't see any need to stop.
0: The train does stop in Zagreb and it stops in uh, the stop thereafter. Vinkovici, I think I think it is. Um, you will end up arriving in Belgrade probably half nine after all of the uh, speedy travel that the uh, conductor is able to do. Um, which, if there are no wants and stops by the players, that's where we will be arriving to very shortly. I'll um,
1: make my usual provisions for trying to arrange somewhere for us to stay
0: uh,
1: when we arrive.
3: Well, Simon's going to help Paul clean up after the professor, and he will return the glasses to the professor. And then he would like to lay down and relax and heal with his Greek book.
0: Yeah, easily done. Uh, Most of your morning hours can be spent in the quiet and cozy compartments here in the Orient Express. Uh, So if you manage to get sleep on this journey, which I think most of you will, you can actually gain a point of sanity and two hit points, which of course furthers Martin's healing or uh, the professor's healing for that matter. So the tracks here run parallel uh, as you approach Belgrade. They widen a little bit you see some something you have not seen in a little while, and that would be a beautifully wide river. What you also see is that it runs directly into the Danube, which meets here. And along the way, there are these <laughs> giant herds of cattle and flocks of sheep here that range um, on the steppes. Uh, you see an amazingly beautiful pasture landscape as you arrive. Belgrade looks. for all intents and purposes very peaceful it's a nice morning Uh, it's a beautiful sort of landscape to have a cup of tea and relax and have breakfast which most of you will likely do and after hours and days spent in Italy and the fog and the ickiness of those tunnels this is a, a beautiful way to wake up this morning the conductors come around and let you all know that uh, the train will be arriving shortly to the station, and so that anybody wishing to get off at Belgrade may do so. I'll pack my stuff
1: and uh, check the timetable again, make the usual preparations for disembarking.
5: Richard will pull out his wallet, and uh, in it, there's a card that uh, a stranger on a train gave him. If you remember, Richard was inquiring about a lens and uh, this guy's in Belgrade if if I remember correctly. Indeed he is. Richard's definitely going to want to find him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you have uh, hope uh, hope in your heart that you can still fix it. Mm. Um, So it's a little cold this morning as the train arrives, but not terribly so. There's no wind like the Bora, so that changes sort of the makeup. Uh, Those of us that live have lived and around cold temperatures the force of the wind makes a huge difference there's a, a fog here that sits next to the river so sort of snakes down near the banks, up and over rocks and through some of the brush uh, it adds a, a beautiful accent to the morning for you Mr. Fraser, they give you a couple of different hotels there are uh, the Europa The Moskva, and there are a couple of hotels. One of them, them he suggests, is the Hotel Petrograd. Uh, He says that he's stayed there a few times. It's one of the more comfortable hotels. Does it have uh, provision for uh, suites with a private um, uh, drawing room? uh? Perhaps one or two, yes. Um, What it will also have is um, a fantastic selection of wines. Well, I mean, that's that that's splendid. Um, the uh, Hotel uh, Petrograd, did you say? Indeed. You can take the electric tram that runs through town to get there.
1: Ah, electric tram. It's been a, uh, It's been a wee while since I've been on one of those. Uh, yes, yes.
2: Somewhere on the train, Lady E's wrinkling her nose at the thought of public transportation without even knowing it.
0: It's, um, just so you're aware, sir, it's 25 dinars to a, a sterling, just for your... 25 to one, right. Splendid,
1: thank you very much. That would be extremely useful. Do you uh,
0: do you require any dinars now?
1: Ah, um, that's uh, that's a very good idea. I take it the uh, the hotel will take uh, sterling.
0: Oh, it will. But you may want to have dinars in case you do some local shopping.
1: Uh, Well, yes. Uh, Well, let's let's get a uh, let's get a little loose change, shall we? So that uh, uh, we have some spending money. Um. Could you point me in the direction of somewhere where I might get um, a uh, reasonably detailed map of the city and surroundings?
0: Mm, Most of the the higher-end hotels should be able to provide you a map of the surroundings. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, And and perhaps a uh, a tourist guide as well. Oh, he uh, goes into a bookcase here near the entry-exit doors of this carriage and produces a traveler's companion for you.
1: Oh, I, yeah, yes, we have yeah, we have this. I, was, I wasn't sure if there was uh, anything here which
0: uh, which might be a little more detailed. Oh, well, perhaps a local might might have one. Yes, well, this this will suffice for now. Thank you. Excellent. And your um
1: your travelling companion, is he is he how is he? Oh, I I have not spoken to him yet uh, this morning, uh, but uh, I I understand he is uh, uh, on the mend. Oh, good. It was a terrifying scene. Aye, aye it was it was that uh, can I make a psychology roll on, on this fella? Yeah, sure. Because he seems to be a little more chatty than most of the um, uh, the staff that we've spoken to.
0: Oh, that's a zero eight. Uh, yeah, the impression that you get from him is that he's a genuinely warm person, and that he cares about people. Okay, so I'll um, I will
1: get some uh, some currency, just maybe maybe so. £20 pounds worth of currency or, or or thereabouts, which should be, I would imagine, plenty for, for,
0: for petty cash. Easily exchange it out with you. He lets you know that um, the, there's porters here at the station that can take bags. I would suggest you haggle. He sort of <laughs> looks out there. Um, cabs here will meet all the trains. Uh, although, if you do come back this way and you have to come back after dark, they'll charge you double. Yes,
1: yes, I would expect no less. Thank you. Um, Yes, I think we'll uh, we'll hail a cab um, rather
0: than uh, take the public transport. Certainly. So the investigators, I suppose, begin to collect themselves and get ready to leave the Orient Express again. Maggie, it is tough for you to collect the pieces back into the, the steamer trunk because you had so much enjoyed being around them, surrounded by them, really, on the bed. Um, you didn't get cold at all. You didn't really even need your blankets because the knife keeps you warm.
4: Yeah, I was thinking the same, the exact same thing about kind of how Maggie would feel having to put these things. So it's going to be harder for her to part with them each day as we set out.
0: Perish the thought you would part with any of them.
4: Or my own limbs for that matter.
0: There are a couple of um, sites you do see on the platform. Uh, there's a group of what appear to be Eastern Orthodox priests that get out uh, so very long black robes some very specific attire Lady Elizabeth you would likely recognize them as um, Eastern Orthodoxy, like Russian Orthodoxy priests there's a gaggle of them and I say that in the most affectionate way possible um, there's six or seven of them and there's you know various robes and crosses and they have all big these big black briefcases
2: I just Sigh and shake my head. Such deluded people around these parts.
0: Yeah, they're all speaking Russian. Um, Most of it is incomprehensible to you at this point, but they do seem to be making a fuss over some of the way some people are acting, or maybe some people way some people are dressing here on the uh, on the platform. Oh, they're one to talk. All right, investigators, you are headed off to Hotel Petrograd. Yep, I'll arrange for
1: taxicabs. Probably need two of them for the six of us. Mm -hmm. I'm not forgetting Paul. That's good.
4: During this time, Maggie would probably be looking through her traveler's companion at the places of interest to see if there's anything that catches her eye. Hmm.
0: All right. Yeah, so just giving it a scan, some of the places of interest. There's a promenade. Um, There's a park here. Kale the garden park yeah it looks like a military band place here on sunday lovely view of it um there's a big long staircase here that extends from here to the river looks like it's an absolute stunner of a place and then there's some fortress
2: uh, maybe we could do some shopping at the bazaar maybe the professor can pick up a few extra sets of trousers
5: yes i i don't think that would be at all um a bad idea i have to say I did need a new shirt as well.
2: And perhaps some body armor.
5: <laughs> yes, quite.
4: There is the marketplace as well as the bazaar. It says here that they sell fine weapons and rugs and carpets. They say nothing about trousers.
5: All right. But um, well, does it mention the bazaar on the business card he has?
0: It does not. Okay. Yeah, so luckily for all of you, it's not terribly far from the station to the hotel it's actually on the other side of the station when you arrive and you are fairly close to a couple of the other hotels and it appears anyway that most of the prominent points for Belgrade are in front of you to the north so I, I would
1: like to um, request um, a suite for us if possible with our own um, private sort of social area private drawing
0: room certainly certainly Mm, they probably tell you it's going to be mm, 25, so... Yeah, it's, it's quite a few dinars, but uh, if you pay in pounds sterling, it's um, it's really not that expensive. If they ask us how many
1: nights we're thinking about staying, they do.
0: Um, I'll, I'll
1: say that um, we're expecting to stay for three nights.
0: Hmm. So the principal language here is um, Serbo-Croatian, it looks like. Anybody here have 10% or more in Russian by chance? No? Okay. Russian is a fallover skill here, too. So if you have or speak Russian, uh, you have a, a reasonable chance to pick up some of it. I'll also ask
1: for a um, a detailed map of the city and surrounding area. Or if they don't have one, to point me in the direction of a, a vendor uh, where I can purchase one.
0: They do. Uh, you get a reasonably colorful map like the one you see on the roll 20 screen which gives you reference points and locations looks like there's about 150,000 people who live here that should give you the relative size feeling of the city and yeah it appears anyway that most of the points of interest are going to be north maggie towards the bazaar and the, the fortress you can easily see from when you get off the train it looks Really interesting. So, I would say this about the hotel. Well-appointed. Excellent service. When you arrive at Petrograd, um, your things are taken by bellhops who prepare them uh, immediately to be transported upstairs. They, The hotel is clean. It actually smells nice, which is something you're not used to. Nothing in Italy smelled nice. It was all well, just not well taken care of by comparison. Uh, The staff here is prompt and um, you're offered refreshments when you arrive and get checked in. And they have a beautiful sort of restaurant cafe that sits inside the the base of the hotel.
2: I'm going to have Fraser inquire at the front desk if there's any mail for me, just in case, you know, it's on the Orient Express line. Could be something.
1: Well, I'll go to the front desk then and see if there is any um, telegrams or post for her ladyship. Um, yes, actually, there is something for her ladyship there. Uh, excellent. Well, I'll collect that then and bring it to her.
2: As, as he hands it over, what does it look like? The, the post is...
0: It's a very carefully and neatly folded... It feels, anyway, like a a neatly folded note inside of a a beige envelope. There's an evident, uh, some sort of wax covering that keeps it from being opened. There's no seal, per se. It almost looks like uh, it was, maybe there's some sort of fingerprint on it. There's a smell to it, too.
2: Hmm. Fraser will see Lady E's eyes just sort of light up and she can't get rid of him fast enough. She wants to read her post.
0: Please
1: is nothing if not discreet.
2: Okay.
0: So are you um, going to wait till you get upstairs and get into your own private space to open this letter?
2: Yes. Have to be careful.
0: Of course. Of course. Undoubtedly have to be careful. Maggie, Richard, are you heading upstairs to get your your locations all set up? That sensible. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yep. Maggie gets upstairs and then makes sure that all of the body parts were... All the pieces were uh, safe in during transport I to check on them.
0: It seems so yes. nothing has been molested. Everything's exactly where it needs to be. No perfect. You definitely feel that pressure again on your chest and then you feel it sort of in your back. You can feel the parts of the simulacrum beginning to massage you. That that energy that comes out of them is something, even though it's pain, it's just so real.
4: I can relate to this. It's like the nice pain of like touching a bruise. Like when you can't help but press on it.
0: So for your part, Lady Elizabeth, mm-hmm. your door closes. Very simple, and elegant push. And you get a chance to... Yeah. Have the world push back outside the walls, and you can smell this faint sort of, I don't know, there's there's a scent here on this letter. You're not certain. You definitely have smelled it before, but there's, there's oranges in it. There's perhaps a bit of clove. It's a strange scent. There's an earthy tone to it for certain.
2: And I will open it as soon as I've closed and locked the door.
0: Hmm. You break that wax seal open and draw out the letter, sort of taking a look and bringing it up at the script. Very, uh, very direct handwriting. And that is probably where your stomach turns. And it says, dearest sister, I see you have returned to the homeland our mother is from. Please ensure that you are prepared to meet mother. Our time draws short. And at the end, there is a very scripted Alexander that's written at the bottom of it. Drop it like it's on fire. I think that's a reasonable point to end this episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orange Express, where we've arrived in Belgrade. We've placed Italy in the rearview mirror, and uh, we look forward to seeing what trouble our investigators can get up to next. Thank you, and good night.